Welcome to season one, episode three of That Anita Live TV. Edutainment to help you become emotionally whole, emotionally healed, and emotionally healthy. I'm Anita, your host. And in this episode, I take a look at domestic violence. America is no stranger to crime. 2016 Labor Day weekend, Chicago topped its 500th murder for the year. But what happens in domestic violence when it turns fatal and the children are left to pick up the shattered pieces with both parents gone? Sharon Alston Harmon experienced the death of her mother at the hands of her father. Take a look at how her life turned out. Hi, Sharon. How are you? I'm well. Hello, Anita. And how are you? Just fine. Thank you for agreeing to do this interview. I know you are super, super busy. My absolute pleasure, but I'm never busy for something like this. I came, I became aware of your story through the, through WSA. Yeah, Women Speakers Association. Yes. And I, I was blown away by your story. Wow. And you've got high points on both ends. So usually I start with the, um, high and try and hit the low somewhere, but you got highs everywhere. So my, my first question before you go into your story. Yes. Is after everything that you've been through, mm -hmm. how did it feel to get the acceptance letter from Harvard? Well, actually the acceptance letter was for my son. So as a mom, mm -hmm. a, a single mom that is. Right, right. Having my son receive something like that, it was huge. It was phenomenal. It, 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 I just can't even put it into words. But in all honesty, I really wasn't surprised because of how I live my life, how I raise my son, and not allowing circumstances, barriers, obstacles to really impede my progress. And I spoke power into my son's life. Mm -hmm from the moment he was in my womb. Look at mama. Look, mama said, oh, I was not surprised, girl. That's my baby. <laughs> yeah, no, no, really. So, um, but I was just elated. He was ecstatic and he actually started off at Northwestern University. He was accepted there early decision. And it was something that he had his heart set on and it was a matter of just him evolving and reaching a place for himself. And then he decided this is really not the fit for me. Me personally, as the mom, we talked about various colleges. We had a huge list. We had 25. We narrowed it down to 15. We narrowed it down to 10. We narrowed that down to maybe like, I believe about six or so. Harvard was definitely on that list. Northwestern were absolutely wonderful university. We had Yale on there. So we had all the big, big schools on there. We had the safety schools as well. He just had his heart set on Northwestern for various reasons, but pushing forward, it was a process. And I remember when I was going through the counseling process at his high school and being told, allow them to figure things out on their own. Just don't be too overbearing. And I really took that advice and I sort of parented him in that way where I allowed him to sort of have his room to think for himself, figure things out. And when I needed to step in, I stepped in. So again, pushing forward, he just contacted me and said, mom, 
I love this university, it's great, but it's just not the right fit for me that I thought it would be. There are things that my son is very passionate about and that he was doing basically throughout his life, even in high school. He was really blessed to attend a phenomenal high school. And he wanted to be able to continue along that path. So he said, you know what, mom, I'm gonna transfer out. And that's what he did. And he actually got accepted into Harvard and Yale. We had visited, we had visited Yale, but we didn't visit Harvard. So I said, do you want to go back to Yale again? He said, let's go again and then we'll go off to Harvard. So we went through that whole process all over again. And I knew that it was Harvard and here we are. And he's actually <laughs> a senior. I just dropped him off uh, on over the weekend to start his senior year. So he received the Harvard letter, but I guess I did too. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. There's a lot that a mom goes through, especially raising an African-American male in the new millennium. I get that a lot. From there's, a, there's a lot. So, yeah. so introduce us to Sharon. Tell us your story. Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, my story really is about from my childhood and the adversity that I was born into. And I have memories dating back to when I was four years old of witnessing domestic violence uh, and the killing actually of my mom by the hands of my father. And there were a number of things that I experienced having been born into something like that. It was uh, shame, abandonment, you know, those things that you go through. And it was really very, very difficult. But fast forward, what brought me to where I am today is I was at a crossroads in my life. My son had just completed high school, was on his way to college, and I basically sort of put a lot of, lot of things down because I really wanted the focus to be on my son and I wanted to be present for him. Mm -hmm. My marriage did not work out, unfortunately. I was abandoned, my son and I, when he was four years of age. So for me, I wanted to be present for my son. I did not want to miss anything that he did or was involved in at school. So I decided, you know what, let me put this down. And you know what also for me, Anita, because I never really looked at myself as a single mom. It wasn't until I was out in the world that I realized that's how I was being perceived or looked upon. And it wasn't as though I was going around just talking about the things that I was going through. My main focus was just providing a healthy, good, happy environment for my son and just basically living my life and pushing forward. So for me, that's really what it was all about. So with my son, I began to really grow in so many areas and I also started writing more because I started journaling like some time ago and I would put it down, pick it back up and I started journaling a little bit more because I had the time to do that and my focus was on my son. I put down school. I had already graduated. I received my associate's degree some time ago. I was uh, gainfully employed as I still am. I'm gainfully employed. I'm working in a field that I'm very happy in and it's been taking care of my son and I all of these years. <laughs> so as I said, I was at a crossroads. And I remember I prayed about it and I said, you know what, Lord, I, I know that I want to do something in speaking because I was a communications major, public speaking, that sort of thing. And I was thinking, okay, what, where, am I, where am I going? What am I going to do? Because I'm really very fortunate and blessed because I'm in a position where I'm not at a job where I'm miserable and oh, I got to hurry up and get out of here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. I knew I wanted to do something else, but I wanted to move forward with purpose. And it's really difficult trying to break into the communications field, coming from a place where I was. I was, I was a mom, I'm a, I'm a lot older, I was an adult student, and it was very difficult. And also I had to 
basically think about the type of salaries that were being offered. And here I am, gainfully employed and having to just take substantial decreases in salary was something that I just wasn't in a position to do. And also to Anita, I knew that I did not want to work for anyone anymore. I decided that working in law firms for over 15 plus years as a legal assistant, paralegal, legal secretary. I'm an assistant now to prominent law partners. I'm very blessed to work in one of the top law firms in the country. However, I knew that if I was going to walk into another law firm, I was either going to be practicing law or I was going to be doing something in communications. Mm -hmm. So it came when I hooked up with Princeton Review, which is an organization. It's similar to Kaplan. When you want to prepare to study for these major exams, I, I wanted to get some help with the LSAT. And so I started along that way. And those programs are very costly. Doing practice tests, I even set up an appointment to do that. But during that time, I was actually speaking publicly. I served on the board of directors at this nonprofit youth development organization. And I would go out and speak at their fundraising events. It, it, I just loved it. But what was most exciting was the energy of the audience and the people that were approaching me and coming up to me and asking, are you a public speaker and, and where do you speak at and what do you do for a living and blah, 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 blah. And then I received a call from someone who was a director of a women's residence and she said, you know what, I want you to come and speak. It just so happens that we know each other on a personal level as well. So she pretty much knows about me and my story. Mm -hmm. And in prayer saying, okay, what am I going to do, Lord? How am I moving forward? When I was sitting there taking a practice ELSA, I kept thinking about the public speaking I had been doing. Although it was in a, a different genre, it was about fundraising. I just kept thinking about how it felt, what it did to me and how I connected with people and I was making a difference. And it just sort of came to me. So I took my, my practice LSAT, got the results, and I started thinking, is this something that I'm supposed to be doing or am I pursuing it because it seems like the next logical step since I've been working in law firms all of these years and I decided if I leave this place, I'm going to be practicing law. It makes no sense to go to another firm. I've been doing this for a long time. So I decided that I don't know that it would be wise for me to continually invest any more money in this program with this organization if I'm really not feeling this whole law, law thing. Mm -hmm. And frankly speaking, I didn't do as well as I wanted to, but I didn't do bad either. But that was the purpose of being in a program like that. But then the money it would take to get the tutors and improve and buy more and more material. Mm -hmm. So as I said, in the interim, I received a call asking me to come and speak and share my story with you know, these women. And I said, sure, absolutely. And that's when I knew. That's what I was supposed to be doing. And I, and I tell you, Anita, it was as though God just came down and just sat next to me and said to me, you have, you have a story. Because I was as excited as I was, I was a little scared and nervous, but I never doubted that it was something that I didn't want to do. But for me, I kept thinking, well, what am I going to talk about? What type of speaker do I want to be? And I was doing research. I started pulling out my books from school and... And I just kept thinking, and then I remember reading some articles online from Dale Carnegie. Are you familiar with Dale Carnegie? Mm -hmm. Well, I read some articles about Dale Carnegie, and, they, and the article more or less was talking about 
when you decide to become a public speaker, you need to know what you want to talk about. What will your topic be? Who will be your target audience? And blah, blah, blah. So I started thinking, well, what am I going to talk about? I don't want to be a speaker where someone says, you know, come on in and, and talk about this, which I wouldn't refuse if someone wanted to hire me for that right. reason. I really wanted to be able to have a purpose, purpose for standing there and having people's attention there, have people's attention, mm -hmm. but really impact their lives, change their lives. And I had never shared or spoken about any of the things that I'm so open about now, which I share on my website about my life and the things I had gone through for various reasons. Mm -hmm. So it was actually how it happened. God said, you, 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 you have something to talk about. You, you have a story and immediately, I just sort of, my body just sort of slumped a little bit. I was like, oh no, that, that's like, I don't want to tell, I don't want to talk about that. I did confide in a few people along the ways of, you know, growing up during my life, but most people that I've known for 20, 30 years, they had no idea what happened to me. They had no idea what I had experienced. So when that revelation came to me, it took me some time to wrap my head around it and to accept it and just say, that's my purpose. That's what I'm going to do. And once I did that, I've just been moving forward ever since. And I put my story together. I got my website and I put it out there and I said, I want to empower people. Mm. I want to speak power into the lives of people. There are a lot of Sharon's out there. There are a lot of Derek's out there. My brother who did not fare very well from what we experienced and he is not with me. He was taken away at a very young age. So I decided that's how I wanted to move forward because I thought I can't be the only person that experienced this. And what I also learned is that we hear a lot about domestic violence, but we don't hear a lot about children who witness it. Right. We don't hear a lot about children who not only witness domestic violence, but actually witness a murder, witness a parent being killed by their, their other parent. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's a very personal story. It's something that means a lot to me. It's not a gimmick. I'm not out there just for the sake of having to, to talk for no reason. And it means a lot. And anytime someone says to me, you know, I read your story or one of the women that attended a workshop, she, she just asked, if, can I hug you? I, I had no idea you experienced this. So mm. that is the world. That means everything to know that you're making a difference in someone else's life. And I just rely on God to take care of me. And that's basically how I really got into it. And, so, I, and I just so, love it. So having that traumatic childhood, mm -hmm. what effects did you see that carried through into your adulthood? Well, when you say effects, I need you to be a little bit more specific because there were, there were pros and cons to it, mm -hmm. quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, like so either you can start, start with the negative effects and then go to the positive. Mm -hmm. I would say the negative effects, shame, mm -hmm. fear, mm -hmm. feeling unloved, abandonment, mm -hmm. and just, learning how to navigate without having parents and not having a dad in my life to teach me certain things that fathers teach their daughters. I struggled in personal relationships. Trust was a huge thing for me. The positive things about it was I learned that I was able to push forward in spite of what happened to me. Another positive thing about it was really just being so in tune to other people 
and learning how to make sure that I surrounded myself with the right people. And that took, that was a very painful process, years and years, but I learned how to do that. I learned how to identify certain things in people. There's one thing when you have associates, but there's another thing when you have like friends or people close to you. Mm -hmm. So I learned how to navigate that whole process and learn how to trust and who to trust and things of that nature. So there were definitely a lot of negatives, but those negatives are what strengthened me. Those negatives are the reason why I'm here today. Self-determination, I had a lot of that. And, you know, my grandmother, I would definitely have to say, had a lot to do with the woman that I am today, the strength that I have, the power that I was able to access if she were not in my life, if my grandmother did not take over and take my brother and me, I don't know where I would be. I may be in foster care. Who knows? I don't know how I would have turned out. And I think also, too, another positive was being able to observe things around me and that I didn't know exactly what I was going to be doing as I was growing up, but I knew what I wasn't going to be doing. I knew what I didn't want to do, although I fell down many times and it was so, so difficult. But I always managed to get back up, although still wounded. I managed to get back up and just being observant and knowing what I wanted for myself and getting help. I had an aunt that was in my life as well, who also, she's now deceased, but she was very helpful to me in my life. She was the one that talked to me about seeing a therapist because that's actually what she did. She was a clinical therapist. And as I was growing up, she would take me under her wing. She would take me to meetings with her and things of that nature. And she really helped me a lot in that whole process. And it was a combination of that, my self-will, my self-determination and Later on in my life, that's when I looked back to God, because honestly, I really didn't want to have anything to do with God when I was a little girl coming up because I was so wounded and hurt by what happened. I felt that God betrayed me. There was no God. How could he let that happen? But I learned that it wasn't God that did that to me. It was my father who did that to me. And we all have a free will to decide how we are going to live out our lives and the things that we do. So. I would say those were the negatives and the positives, and I use those negatives and convert them into positives for other people. And I say to people that ask, or if I'm speaking to a group or having a one-on-one -on -one session, which I do have a lot of, I let people know right away, listen, I am not a Christian empowerment speaker. I am an empowerment speaker who is a Christian and I do share my faith, but I have to be honest about my story because from the beginning, Anita, I didn't wanna have a thing to do with God. So it was an evolution. It was a matter of growing and healing and learning about and developing a relationship with God as I got older and basically sharing my story and all of the things that I've learned over the years and even raising my son, single parenthood, that was another thing that I was thrust into. I started out married, things did not work out, we were abandoned and here I am thrust into single parenthood. So I learned a lot of things about that as well. So all of the things that I have faced and I've conquered and I've suffered over, but came out triumphantly. Yes, I poured, I poured into my workshops and a lot of the things that I even taught my son. I even created a workshop for teens, having gone through so many difficulties in my teen life. That was like really, really tough. 
So before we get into your your workshops, because I do want to talk about your empowerment kit, but before we get to your workshops, just here in Virginia, in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. within the last two or three years, we've had yeah. three instances where one parent has murdered the other one and either in front of the children or leaving children. Yes. It happens a lot more than we think it does. Yeah. So if Sharon was if Sharon yeah. was talking to one of those little, you know, the, the little boys or the little girls, mm-hmm. and they're now with an aunt or a grandparent because their father murdered their mom or their mom murdered their father, mm-hmm. what would you say to them? That's an excellent question. And I would say to them, mm-hmm. young, young man, young girl, mm-hmm. you are not what happened to you. You are valuable. There's a purpose and a plan for your life. And you may not see it now. You may not even know, but you don't have to. But because I know where you are and I've been where you are and I'm standing here before you, that's why I'm here to tell you what I'm telling you because I have gone through it and I am living, walking proof that you are not what happened to you and you are valuable. Mm -hmm. And invite God into your life if you haven't because he's there for you and you are going to make it. That's what I would say to them. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I got a very warm story from somebody about Sharon because she attended one of your teen workshops, actually. Mm-hmm. But she said she took one of the kits for herself. Yes. And she was just overwhelmed with how it has positively impacted her life. Tell us about Sharon's workshop and, and what exactly is in the empowerment kit. I absolutely love my workshop and the empowerment kit, frankly, Anita, it is my life I, because I actually, I mean, I perfected it, you know, over time, obviously, but I didn't even realize that it was a, an empowerment sort of kit, something that I could actually put together until I looked at it and said, I'm going to put this in my workshop because that's how I navigate through life. And I taught my son time management, setting goals for yourself. I'm, I like writing things down. And also what's very powerful about the, the uh, power kit, it does empower you. People don't realize they have soft tools, but you need hard tools as well to work in conjunction with your soft tools. Your soft tools are determination, perseverance, having the desire to push forward, self-determination, and your hard tools my empowerment kit. And inside this empowerment kit is tools that were actually are tools that help people to pull out what they need from themselves Mm -hmm. and to be accountable to themselves for what they need to do and to be honest with themselves about what it is they are going through, whether it was inflicted upon them, whether they made poor decisions, things happen in life just totally and completely out of your control. You can lose your job and that's an adversity. You may have set a goal for yourself and you did not pursue that goal or you didn't complete that goal. You put it down and now you're doing something else. So what happens in the workshop is really people really get to look at themselves in an honest way and in a comfortable environment. Mm-hmm. And they use the charts that are in there to just basically write down where they are. What is it they would like to do the vision for themselves? They have a harvest chart as well, and the charts work in conjunction with one another. My PowerPoint presentation, I take them step by step, what they need to do to overcome adversity, to overcome their personal challenges. And I also say to anyone that attends a workshop, whether it's a group, small, large, or whether it's just a one-on-one, is that I know that this workshop 
and this empowerment kit will definitely change your life. However, you have to do the work. It's not going to happen by osmosis, and it's not going to happen overnight. It requires work, but this will definitely get you on the right track. But if you're in a situation where you need more, I always say to people, because I've been there, if you need to see a therapist, see a therapist. Mm -hmm. It's no different than when you hurt yourself or you don't feel good. You make an appointment and you go to a doctor. Well, emotionally, you need help. See someone professional that can help you. Seek out a support group. Being at one of my workshops is the first step. And in most cases, that's all people need. And they're just excited and happy. And that makes me excited and it makes me happy. Because sometimes people will set goals for themselves. And they really don't know how to go about achieving them. It's one thing to set goals, but if you don't do the work and if you don't achieve them, that's all you did was set something and you did not benefit from what you set for yourself. Mm -hmm. Then discouragement sets in, then you begin to feel powerless or worthless. And then you say, you know what, I'm going to try something else. But if you don't go back to where you started and work through that, I don't care what it is, whatever you try to do, you will not complete it because you're not have, you haven't dealt with what's inside of you. And that's really, really important. I had someone contact me who wanted to do a session and it was difficult to schedule her. And she said, well, can I at least like buy one of your empowerment kits? I said, absolutely. But I said to her, I said, it really works in conjunction with the workshop. However, you can still use it because it's not difficult. It's very, very simple. And what I love about it is that it works, not because I say so, because I've lived it. I'm living and walking proof. And I remember teaching my son when he was very early on, you need to think about what goals you want to set for yourself, but you have to know how you're going to go about it. Because we all can write 100 goals, but how are you going to achieve them and accomplish them? And in this day and age, we have the internet. We, there are so many resources that are right at our fingertips. There is no reason why you should not be able to push forward. But sometimes people need, uh, need a push. They need help. They need encouragement. They need to be empowered. And reading now, my story, I'm sorry. Now, no problem. you're in the New York area because I mean, it, 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 New York, it, it's, it's, it's coming out of your voice. <laughs> like, yes, definitely. I am a New Yorker. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, New Yorker, but I reside in New Jersey. Do you hold your workshops, you know, every month or is it uh, based on when people bring you in to hold the workshop? Say somebody it's, sees it's, the video, wants to attend one of your workshops, how would they find out? Well, what would they what they would need to do is when they are on my website, which is SharonSpeaksPower.com, they would just contact me and let me know what their needs are, what they would like for me to do. I travel. If you're in Charleston, if you're in Washington, D.C., I work all of that out with you. I, I email you a contract and I let you know exactly what you can expect to happen and basically take it from there. I actually am in the process of planning an event um, later on this year that I'd like to do and hold it in New Jersey. It's just a matter of me picking out the venue and getting those things together. So it's really um, all of those things you've just said. People contact me, they'll call me in and ask me to come in to speak or sometimes as I said, people will just contact me and want to do like a one-on-one -on -one session. I did something with like maybe two, three people. They came to where I'm located and we did a session like that. So what, whatever it is, if I'm able to accommodate, I, I, I accommodate. Where I am right now, however, is because I am still gainfully employed mm -hmm. and I am still a single mom. <laughs> 
I'm not at a place where I'm ready to depart from that because quite frankly, I say to people all the time, it's wonderful when you can go out and be an entrepreneur and pursue your dreams, but how are you going to fund yourself? And that's something that people really need to think about because I know so many people that decide, oh, I'm going to go into business for myself. I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to sell clothes. I'm going to do all these wonderful ideas. And that's something that I also talk about to help people think about it in a realistic way. If you're that miserable, then I understand you may need to leave, but make sure you secure something before you go. But I'm in such a wonderful position that I'm not miserable. I'm able to build my my empowerment speaking business. I can fund it whatever I need something. I'm not in any high debt. I haven't need I I, I have not had a need to take out any small business loans. Not at this point anyway. So I'm just basically navigating that way of going about things. And um, that's what I talk about as well because people really, really they just they just don't know. So because of time limitations what i enjoy is that i get to control my own time when i will speak where i will speak and i'm always able to work it out with someone that contacts me i'll say listen here's my calendar this is when i can come if they want me there we usually work it out okay so, so, so is has elizabeth's daughter come out yet no actually it's going to be coming out in 2017. okay that is yeah. the book that that's you're right book that I really, really tell my story more than what obviously is on my website. I talk about my brother. I talk about my grandmother. I talk about the impact that it had upon me as well as my brother. But really, the purpose of me writing that book is to raise awareness about children who witness what I've witnessed. And also, I want people to know who my mother was. I want people to know what her name was. I want people to know her life was valuable. I want people to know what she meant to me, what she meant to my brother, what she meant to our family, because that is critically important because it becomes real for people. And people begin to look at it and think, wow, this is, this is amazing. Because there are people that don't even know she even existed. No one knows. And I wanted to let people know this is who my mother was. And that was another healing process for me and taking back what was taken from me and accessing my power because my father took that from me, but I took it back. Mm -hmm. And that's how I do it in my book. Nothing like a woman with a made up mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you really have done it. Thank you, so you, you really have done it with everything that you went through in the very beginning of your life during the yeah. to from there to where you are now, where you basically write your own life. Yeah. And where and you you get to you, you get to do what you want to do when yes. you want to do it. That's and, exactly what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And enjoying being a mom of a, a of a son who is a senior at Harvard University mm -hmm. with plans to go on to law school and go out and just do some great things and make a difference in the world himself. Mm -hmm. So I'm really very blessed and, I, and I'm really, really happy where God has brought me to. And I'm so, so happy that God is a God of love and has always been there. And it wasn't until I accepted God into my life and realized that, yeah, he was there when I was four years old, all so, that time. So what, what part did faith play in 
you know, as I in, said, in, in the it, journey it, thus far, right. I would have to say, and knowing that whatever my circumstances are, mm -hmm. they do not dictate who I am, where I'm going. Because as you said in the beginning of this interview, what God has for you is for you. And that's how I feel about it. Not being scared like I used to be as a little girl and a teenager and, and a young adult, you know, early in college in my 20s. Not being scared anymore, knowing God is there, even though I may be dealing with scary things or situations that are going on in the world that may not directly be related to me. But there's so much yeah. going on that it does produce like a spirit of fear within you. And God has really helped me with that tremendously. And it's not a bad thing because God gave us emotions because those are triggers that lets us know what's going on. But it's how we respond to it and what we do about it. And God has helped me tremendously with that. And I talk about that in my workshop. And again, as I said, I make sure I let people know I'm not a Christian speaker because it would be false for me to put that impression out there. But what I do let them know is I must talk about my faith to you. And I don't preach to anyone. I don't tell them what they should and should not do. But they're here because of my story. They're here because they want to know how did she do it? How did she make it? And I have to let them know. Invite God into your life. Now, uh, is Sharon on any of the social media platforms or is the best way to get in contact with you your website? The best way actually you can people can get in contact with me is Instagram, which is www.instagram.com Sharon Speaks Power. They can contact me from my Instagram page. There's a contact key on my page. They can also contact me Facebook, facebook.com Sharon Speaks Power. My website, which is www.sharonspeakspower.com but they can also contact me directly at my email address, which is Sharon.AlstonHarmon A-L-S-T-O-N H-A-R-M-O-N at gmail.com. And again, my website, you can book me to speak, host an event, conduct a power workshop, conduct a power talk. And that would also be SharonSpeaksPower.com slash contact dash one. So they can learn about Sharon. Just Google Sharon Austin Harmon. Yes. <laughs> and the first three or four pages are going to be sharing. <laughs> yes. I remember I said, I said, okay, God, you got me out here and all my business is out here. And this is like some heavy duty stuff. I'm terrified. Lord, okay, you got me out here. So you better take care of me. <laughs> so if you Google my name, everything will pop up. Sharon Austin Harmon. And it's for women or for women and girl teens or just teens across the board? My workshop is for everyone, and I'm going to tell you why, because it wasn't only the adversity of being born into a domestic violence situation and witnessing what I witnessed. It was because of the impact it had upon me that led to other adversities in my life. So not only did I experience that, I experienced single parenthood. And then, as I said, I experienced abandonment in addition to being abandoned by my father. Because quite frankly, when that happened, I lost not only my mom, but I lost my father too. And again, it led to just me not knowing things and making poor decisions. And it led, one thing led to another. But as I was dealing with all of these different things, I was also strengthening myself and learning and just trying not to continually fall into certain depressions or make the same mistakes and stuff like that. And then as a teenager, back to that again, which is why, and it just came to me when someone asked, just like you, do you do anything for teens? And I thought, you know what? I probably should put together something for teens because I raised one. 
okay? And they deserve to be empowered. You never know what they're going through. You don't know what backgrounds they come from. They can come from great two-parent family houses and everything is wonderful, but you don't know what their challenges are. So I decided that I want to do something for them as well. I have a workshop, which people can learn more about it on my website. And it's all about empowering teens to reach their full potential, to push forward, because I raised one and I know what it takes and I did it. And it wasn't easy, <laughs> but it can be done. So I did that. So. My target audience, actually, as I said, is for everyone because every one of us, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what you look like or who you think you are, every one of us will encounter an adversity, we will encounter personal challenges, and it doesn't have to be anything sad, it doesn't have to be anything so traumatic that I actually experienced. It could be something very simple. I have a client who is a celebrity hairstylist. And she's so overwhelmed because her business is really, really booming and she's doing so well that she's just sort of losing track of who she is and what she wants to do next. And she needed station and some management and things of that nature. And she wanted to do a session with me to basically help her not just set her goals, but help her figure out how to accomplish them and for her not to fall off because she's so overwhelmed by her business. So I would have to say my audience is for men and I say it all the time because you follow me, you see my postings, especially when I talk about my workshops. I let men know this is for you too. You're not immune. It's for single fathers. It's for teen boys. Mm -hmm. So it could be any, someone from 15 years of age to 58 years of age. And I tailor my workshop to that particular age group, depending upon who is calling me in to speak or conduct the workshop. So basically it's for everyone, but the overcoming adversity piece is really for young adults, students, and older adults. Okay, any final words? Well, I just wanna say thank you so much for reaching out to me and showing interest and just being moved by my story and wanting to interview me to talk about it. It was truly is a blessing. So I wanna thank you for that. And for everyone that's out there, whatever it is that you are going through, you are not alone. Everything you need lies within you, but sometimes you need some help, and that's what I'm here for. So please feel free, reach out to me at SharonSpeaksPower.com, and I will come to wherever you are. And thank you again, Anita. I've enjoyed this interview and meeting <laughs> you. I think you're phenomenal. Wasn't Sharon a lot of fun? Didn't she give you that confident feeling that whatever it is the world throws her way, she's going to come out on top? Sharon and I would love to hear your feedback. Give us your thoughts in the comment section below and consider joining my email list over at thatanitalive.com. It's where you'll get insider information on contests, upcoming coaching classes. You may even get to vote on who gets interviewed next over at thatanitalive.com. Be blessed.